This is Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob and Lori provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Rob Burnett and Lori Gross on Financial Wellness Radio. Welcome to Financial Wellness Radio with me, Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center. Each week we come together to discuss topics affecting your financial wellness. We're going to break down some complex topics, try to make them understandable. And this show strives to give our listeners the education and the tools to make sound financial decisions affecting their lifestyle and their retirement. And while we're at it, we're going to have a little fun. Our regular gang is missing a member today. Yeah, Lori Gross, the investment advisor, representative and fiduciary that leads our Troy office, is on her way back from advanced training on Medicare. So we wish her safe travels on her return. So joining me is a member of the regular gang, our good friend and our co-host, Mr. Tony Shore. Good morning, Tony. Well, good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me on and great to be here with you. We're missing Lori already. I miss seeing her smiling face uh, today. However, I know that it's important she's updating her uh, training and knowledge about Medicare, which is constantly changing. And I know that's something that uh, you like to be able to offer your clients and having a Medicare uh, specialist on staff is always a great idea because it plays an important role in financial planning and retirement planning as well, doesn't it? It certainly does. And not only that, as people, and there's so much information and misinformation out there regarding Medicare, what it does, what it doesn't do, how do you sure. sign up for it? Uh, you really need to have somebody's taking the time to learn that. Not just anybody can do it. Yeah. And we've, we've done shows on that in the past. And I know we'll have uh, a couple coming up here once Lori gets back to talk about Medicare and what you need to know uh, before open enrollment hits. But uh, I'm really looking forward to our show today because I know once a month, Rob, you always uh, do a show once a month. You take a look at what the stock market is doing and uh, investments. So uh, this is going to be a good one because there's a lot going on right now. But before we jump in, is there anything else uh, you've been up to that you wanted to talk about? You've been busy, I take it. We have been busy. It's fair week coming up here in another week or so. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and so uh, we've already had a couple of fairs uh, uh, come and go in the area. They, they kind of go week after week to different counties yep. uh, in the greater Miami Valley. So we're enjoying that. I've had a chance to support a couple of kids in 4-H at the, the Clark County Fair and Miami County is coming up here in a week or so. And I, I, we tell people every year, if you're coming to look for us during fair week, you either have to come to the swine barn or the beef barn. <laughs> that's where we're going to be. You know, yeah. Amber is pretty much alone in the office during those days because Lori and I just aren't here very often. So, sure. but it's a fun time. Support the kids. They work hard and we want to honor that. And it gives them so many great life lessons. You're, you're aware of that too, Tony. Yeah. My daughter is in 4-H. In fact, um, our county fair was last week and she got some blue ribbons. Uh, no purple. Awesome. This is the first year though in, in a couple of years where she hasn't uh, gotten a trip to the state fair. She didn't win champion or grand champion in her categories this year, 
but she still got a couple of blue ribbons and did really well. So uh, that was fun. And she got to show a llama this year, which she was excited about. So uh, llama, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's really crazy. Llamas are funny animals. Well, hey, but we need to dive into our topic. It's a big one today. It's hard to believe that uh, this year is already more than half over, Rob. And our markets, they have remained unpredictable. And uh, they always are, as you remind us, right? They are unpredictable. And good news is the volatility recently has been relatively mild. We still got trade tension with China. Uh, that's still having a, a significant impact on some of the market forces and the behavior of U.S. companies with significant exposure to Chinese goods and services. On the other side of the pond, Great Britain has a new prime minister, Boris Johnson. <laughs> Here we go, because some have characterized him as the British equivalent of our President Trump in the way that he approaches the job. Now, you may like that, you may not like that, but I think it's certainly going to be exciting having someone with that kind of energy and, and the desire just to, to go get things done. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that kind of hair. He's goofy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, you have to go speak to uh, the House of Commons and Parliament you know, for two and a half hours. That'll raise your hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you add to that, one of the campaign promises that Boris Johnson ran on was getting them uh, the European... Uh, out of the European Union, finishing the Brexit process for Great Britain by October. And he doesn't care if he gets a deal or doesn't get a deal. Remember, that was, I think it was a, a game show, deal or no deal. Remember that? Right, right. Well, well, that's how it's going right now with that Brexit policy and the European Union is standing fast. And so it's going to be interesting to watch that over the next few months. Now, the interesting thing I read in one article is if they do the no deal Brexit, then that saves the uh, British government about 34 billion pounds. So wow. th there's a big financial aspect of this, too, just extremely interesting right now. Mm. Now, add to that this past week, we just had the our interest rate cut announced by the Federal Reserve. Now, you'd think that would be good news for everybody, but it isn't. The market analysis analysts are mixed on their view, whether it was a good idea or not. Uh, President Trump thinks the Federal Reserve didn't go far enough. We're going to talk about more of that uh, later in the show. And Congress, not to be left out of the process, has some recent proposed legislation that could have a significant impact on your retirement plan. Now, here's another interesting question. Think about this, Tony. You remember back uh, Q4 of last year where the market just took a terrible dump? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some analysts call that the Christmas market massacre. Because on Christmas Eve, the market just did a, a nosedive, and the day at, uh, the markets opened after Christmas, it got most of that gain back. So it's just really nuts. But that quarter has impacted the thinking of a lot of clients. So we do live in interesting times. Yeah. And it sounds like we've got a lot to talk about. So where do we start? Well, let's do a brief overview of the market performance in July. In general, the market saw some volatility, but nothing really outrageous. The volatility index, our old friend the VIX, uh, ran in a range from about 12 to 16. Now, if you remember that the historical average of VIX is around 20, we had a relatively mild month. There were a couple of small bumps, but nothing that really caused a big reaction. In July, the S&P 500 was up 1.3%. The Dow Jones is up 1%, and the NASDAQ was up 2.1%. So the technology sector did really well in July. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it sounds like it was a solid month. Uh, and my 401k likes steady and smooth months, you know. Uh, is that what we have to look forward to moving forward? Uh, wouldn't that be nice, Tony? But come on, you know better. Market <laughs> analysts are always worried about something. If things are going well, the analysts dig really deep to find something to worry about. So often, analysts will actually drive markets and create volatility based on having their expectations met or not met. Yeah, I mean, markets in the economy, have they've been doing really well since the flop in that last quarter of 2018. So are the analysts going to lighten up a bit, you think? Well, Tony, it's interesting that you mentioned how well the market is doing since the end of last year. The last quarter of 2018 has had a lingering impact on investor behavior and confidence. Investors were spooked by that Christmas market massacre, and their behavior has in fact changed. Investors now want fixed income, not stocks. They want some income, not none. So what investors are doing, they're out there hunting for a yield, they're hunting for income, and that's really not an easy task in a world that's awash in negative yielding debt. What do I mean by that? If you look at US markets, our fixed incomes don't pay a whole lot of money. They're really pretty small. If you go over to the European economies, a lot of their economies, if you go out and you buy a bond or you put money in the savings account, they have a negative interest rate. They're charging you to hold your money. Wow. And so, you know, so you're handing the bank, okay, here's my grand. Please guarantee me you're gonna give me $980 back when I come and get it. Oh, ouch. That's what we mean by negative interest rates. So people are now looking at high yield. That means riskier corporate bonds. There was a term used years ago, you don't hear it so often anymore, called junk bonds. Yeah. That's what high yield bonds are. That's the politically correct description of a junk uh, bond. Makes them sound better than junk bonds. Absolutely. Makes sense so much better, but they're the same things. So high yield is riskier. It does pay a higher return. And those corporate bond funds attracted $2.7 billion in July compared to just $628 million for the sovereign debt normal uh, risk bond funds. Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, just like 2008 and the huge uh, crash we had then uh, left a big mark, the end of 2018 was probably a reminder that another 2008, uh, a big recession could happen again. Uh, and that's a scary thought, even in a market that's currently doing well, right? That's right, Tony. In the seven months since the uh, massive Christmas market sell-off, Exchange-traded funds and mutual funds still haven't recovered all the money flows they lost. Mm. And the money that has come back into funds is being allocated very, very differently, suggesting investors are taking a bit more risk-averse and yield-hungry approach to the market. Now, according to Nicholas Colas, he's the co-founder of Datatrek, a data analysis firm, $134 billion rushed out of the U.S. listed funds and ETFs in December of 2018. And as of about mid-July, only $130 billion has flowed back in. And that money, when it has returned, has gone to very different asset classes. So, so far this year, bond funds have attracted $241 billion, while stock funds have lost $89 billion. So you're seeing that shift from stocks into the fixed income market. From riskier to safer investments. Well, that's what people risk. think, but the risk is different. And that's one yeah, of the things we stress. There's still risk, but it's just different. It's a different kind of risk, exactly. 
So going back to Nicholas Colas, the founder of uh, co-founder of DataTrack, uh, he commented, the shadow of December's volatility continues to weigh on investors' mind. Fixed income is the only place fund investors want to be. And so a sign that investors are expecting choppy markets ahead, $790 million has flowed into products that hedge the volatility index. Interesting times. Yeah. Well, and as always, there's a lot going on, and we've got a lot more to talk about. Uh, I've got more questions, but they're going to have to wait until the next segment because we do have to take a quick break here. Rob, is there anything you want to add before we do? Well, Tony, our ability to get market information 24-7 can give us a, a data overload. You can see it overwhelmed and people just shut down and do nothing, which is not a great place to be. If you're not doing anything, you're not making positive steps toward that retirement of your dreams. So for our radio listeners today, give us a call at 937 552 9990 to start the process to receive your complimentary portfolio analysis review. We'll personalize that to your specific situation. And after, do, after we do that, let's schedule a no cost, no obligation one hour consultation. We'll go over the results of the review, answer your questions. You can also go to our website at outlookfc.com. There's a lot of information there and on our uh, social media page, Facebook at Outlook Financial Center videos, other articles you can read, lots of stuff you can look at to make yourself uh, smarting and put yourself at ease at some of these decisions you're going to have to be making. Also, if you want to take a review of this show or some of our prior shows, go to our website at outlookfc.com, click on the radio tab, and you'll see about a half a dozen of our prior shows and the current show you're looking at. You can also subscribe to those on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, Tony, the goal we have for all of our clients is the same. It's to have them retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Most people plan on taking their Social Security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Outlook Financial Center at 937-552-9990 or visit outlookfc.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. Welcome back to Financial Wellness Radio with me, Rob Burnett from the Outlook Financial Center. And joining me in the studio today is our co-host, Tony. Welcome back, Tony Shore. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Great yeah. show so far. It has been. And this week is our August 2019 edition of Bulls, Bears, and Riding the Stock Market Roller Coaster. And in that first segment, we discussed a quick snapshot of the market's performance for the last month and the year to date. We also talked about the impact on the investor behavior of the Christmas market massacre back in the Q4 in 2018 and how it's affected the choices of investments. Yeah, it really did. And I appreciate the recap. I've really enjoyed the generally smoother ride in the market over the past few months. But I think the big question everybody's asking is what next? Because all these ongoing political battles and the never-ending investigations and campaign rhetoric. So a hot topic this week was obviously the big news. The Federal Reserve lowered interest rates once again. How is that going to affect the markets and ourselves, myself and our listeners out there, Rob? Well, Tony, one of the interesting facts, and I kind of teased this at the beginning of the show, is there's not a consensus on the interest rate cut being either a good thing or a bad thing. That's true. 
It's amazing. The Federal Reserve. Well, I think it depends on who you are and where your investments are at, right? With everything, it's a matter of whose ox is being gored, right? <laughs> yeah. So when the Federal Reserve cut their interest rates on Wednesday, that was the first time since the start of the financial recession back in 2008, more than a decade ago. And they're trying to preserve the 11-year economic expansion from global uncertainties and the possibility of an impending slowdown. Now, here's the other interesting thing. The vote for the rate cut was not unanimous. It was an eight to two vote. There were two Fed governors that said, no, we don't want to cut interest rates. So in approving the cut, the range is now between two and two and a quarter percent. The U.S. Central Bank cited, quote, the implications of global developments in the economic outlook, as well as muted inflation pressures, end quote. Now, what do some of those uncertainties uh, include? They include one of the things we talked about earlier. We talked about Brexit the U.S.-China trade war, softening global growth. And the Fed said they're going to continue to act as appropriate to sustain the economic expansion in weighing any potential future cuts. Now, in this, he didn't, uh, the Fed chairman didn't promise cuts. We'll get to that later. That's an important thing to look at. But currently, let's go back to the analysts. The analysts and the traders are pricing in a 77% chance of a second quarter uh, interest rate cut during September's meeting. Now, they're baking that in. I want you to listen to that just carefully. They're they're pricing it in. So the market is going to react as, as if it's already been done. What if it doesn't happen? Yeah, you, really. You can expect the backlash, exactly. Well, the opinion of analysts, obviously, is a market force that a lot of us may not appreciate or fully understand. I mean, we're told to focus on fundamentals like a company's earnings and returns. So is that bad advice? I don't think so, Tony. In my opinion, a significant part of volatility can be directly attributed to the analyst's opinions. In the long run, the fundamentals you mentioned are really still the most important thing. And this is where a good financial professional like the ones we have here at Outlook Financial Center can prevent investors from having that knee-jerk emotional reaction that they're going to regret later. Yeah. Good point. So can we expect more rate cuts then? That's a great question, Tony. And the answer is a very solid and resounding maybe. <laughs> it's kind of like willing it, to commit it depends. Yeah it, yeah, yeah, it depends. We're real, not willing to commit on that. So here's, here's what I call the scorecard on the second rate cut. First, Wall Street likes lower interest rates in general. So they're for a rate cut whenever they can get one, because that's going to affect uh, how they get capital, uh, how uh, they get money to invest in new factories, to new employees. That's really what's important to Wall Street and the companies that are invested there. The second group is the economists. They didn't like the first rate cut, so they're really not happy about a second one. So to them, it's, it's just out of the question. And thirdly, President Trump doesn't think the Federal Reserve went far enough with the first cut. So it's, it's just all over the map. Yeah, it is. So who's right, though? It, it seems like politics is going to be involved as well as it usually is right well not only is it usually involved but now we have the 2020 presidential campaign in full gear so of yeah. course politics are going to play a role we do, we've we're having a, a very large field of uh, democratic presidential hopefuls they've had a couple of debates so yeah we're it the campaign is on yeah. so let's take a look at what the economists think and what they're concerned about uh, chris rupke the chief financial economist for MUFG Union Bank called the cut, quote, an unwise decision. Uh, he went on to say, the Fed's decision today 
is like in the days where doctors bled their patients to heal them. The Fed manufactured reasons to cut interest rates despite a strong economy with no recession signs apparent anywhere out on the horizon. That's a pretty harsh statement from an economist. But what we're looking at here, and here's what he's basing his opinion on. Unemployment stands near a 50-year low at 3.7%. Personal incomes have been rising steadily over the past few years, according to the data just released this past Tuesday by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. U.S. personal income estimates were revised upward by 0.3% for 2017 and 1.4% in 2018. Now, Federal Reserve Chairman Powell defended Wednesday's cut, saying that the Fed has been getting feedback from people in low and moderate income communities who are only now feeling that they're in a better labor market, despite more than 10 years of economic expansion. One of the things we talk to our clients about is an understanding of the economy and the market are not the same thing. Mm. They're yeah, not the true. same thing. <laughs> exactly. Good point. And so the Fed Chairman Powell said, quote, my view is the best thing we can do is to sustain the expansion, keep it going. Yeah. So Wall Street likes the rate cut and economists hate it. Uh, what does the president think? After all, he nominated Jerome Powell to be the Fed chairman, and I think he was pushing for a cut, right? Oh, he was. Uh but what he said when, once the cut was announced, he was, quote, unquote, unimpressed with the Federal Reserve's quarter percentage point rate cut and saying that the, the Fed Chief uh, Jerome Powell, quote, unquote, let us down with a meager easing. Now, mm. the, the president wanted a more aggressive cut and a commitment to a series of cuts over the next several months. It was that lack of aggression that disappointed both the markets and President Trump. As mm. soon as the the first words were, and this is something you look at, whenever you know the, the the Federal Reserve's Free Open Market Committee meets, two days later they're gonna issue this statement, done at two o'clock in the afternoon, you're gonna watch the market have a spasm. It's gonna yeah. go one way or the other. They either yep. really liked what they heard or they didn't like what they heard. Yep. The markets didn't like what they heard and the markets actually were, were down, that was down over 300 points at one point literally moments after that announcement yeah. was made. It came back some afterwards, but still down over 1% for the day. So Chairman Powell described the interest rate cut, the, and it, once again, the first since the 2008 financial crisis as a quote unquote, mid-cycle adjustment that will hopefully get the economy going again. And he went further and said he didn't see the cut as the quote, beginning of a lengthy cutting cycle. That's what fired up President Trump. He wanted to see a series of rate cuts because President Trump's a businessman. He wants to get access yep. to capital. That's yep. just his his very nature. But uh, Chairman, Chairman Powell uh, continued, the evidence of my eyes tell me that our policy does support, it supports confidence, it supports economic activity, household and business confidence through the channels we understand. It's going to lower borrowing costs and it'll work. Well, we've spent a fair bit of time talking about the stock market. Maybe we should shift, Rob, to a more personal area, my personal 401k. (laughs) I'm sure the listeners want to talk about that, but I know a lot of our listeners as well have 401ks, and I've heard about legislation that might have a major impact on retirement planning. Have you heard about that? I have, Tony. Congress is considering legislation they call the SECURE Act. SECURE stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. Wow, here's a long one. Yeah. And Now, why are they doing this? 
we've got the growing concern about the number of people financially unprepared for retirement. We've talked about that on the, on this show. Yep. So Congress is considering tweaking how the 401k actually works. The overall intent of the uh, bipartisan legislation seems admirable. Encourage people to save more. Among other provisions, the bill would help small employers band together to create efficient 401ks and increase the age limits for contributions to tax-deferred accounts. Now, a 401k plan for a small employer is really tough because you've got a lot of fixed costs you have to absorb to do that. So either employers writing a check or the employees are picking it up as part of their program, and it really becomes cost prohibitive. You get these uh, multiple employer plans where you can put many small businesses together. They get that economy of scale, the same that would a large company would get like a, a Boeing or a Dell or somebody like that. So that's one of the things they're trying to do, and that's a really good aspect of it. They also seek to encourage a currently very rare option in 401ks, and that's putting in annuities. Now, in principle, I like wow. that idea. Put an annuity into a 401k, I think it's wonderful. But the bill would have to permit only true annuities. That is investments that pay a guaranteed fixed sum of money each year, and if the fees they charge savers were kept in check. So I think in summary, if you see the SECURE Act passed, this is what you can expect. Uh, more part-time workers are going to have the opportunity to participate in 401k plans. You're going to have a chance to contribute to traditional IRAs for as long as you want to. Right now, there's, there's an age limit on that. The minimum distribution age for retirement account is going to shift from 70 and a half to 72 years old. The penalty-free withdrawals are going to be allowed for very specific special circumstances. They're still working on that list. And this is the biggie, a requirement to withdraw from inherited retirement accounts within 10 years. This effectively eliminates what we call the stretch IRA. I'm not crazy about the elimination of the stretch IRA because I think it is a terrific planning tool, but we'll talk about this in more detail on another show. The short answer is they're going after very high net worth people using this to not pay taxes. Mm, interesting. Well, great show today. That does it. Uh, we're out of time. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Well, Tony, as always, we hope this uh, show has been educational and informative. But if you don't do something with what you learned today, then we really didn't accomplish much. So I'm going to challenge everybody to take something you heard today, apply it to your situation, apply it to your life, and go do something with it. Maybe that do something is giving us a call at area code 937-552-9990 or go to our website at outlookfc.com. There's a lot of information there. Schedule your one-hour no-cost, no-obligation consultation. Get your own personal uh personalized portfolio analysis review. Those are all things that will help you give you the peace of mind that you really can get to the retirement of your dreams. Because once again, that's our goal for all of our clients, retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Thank you for listening to Financial Wellness Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett or Lori Gross at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfc.com. 
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Outlook Financial Center, LLC. Wellness Investment Advisors, LLC and Outlook Financial Center, LLC are affiliated companies. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.